0: I'm so thrilled you can join us. This season of the Collective Wisdom podcast is brought to you by Between Tracks Media Productions. Chris Hall Franz Kowiek, set up Between Tracks with a mission to make the process of setting up and producing a podcast as easy and pain free as possible. He does all that and more with his super organised system for file sharing, his tips and advice on everything from which equipment to buy to how to get the best sound quality. The service at Between Tracks is amazingly professional, reasonably priced, and above all, Chris is just a really nice guy to work with. I think it's fair to say that without his help, there wouldn't be a Collective Wisdom podcast. Wisdom, as we all know, is about understanding your own limitations, and mine on the technical side were pretty high. As ever, there's a link in the show notes for his website and contact details. Thanks so much to Chris at BetweenTracks.com. and welcome to episode five of the Collective Wisdom podcast that celebrates how we are better when we work together. And My guest today is someone who embraces that notion completely. As a life coach, Anne Roach partners with her clients to bring out the best in them. She cuts through the bullshit and helps them get out of their own way and reach their goals. I've never actually met Anne in person, but from the moment I started working with her over at the story skills workshop, I was attracted to the energy she brings along with her. There's a sense of fun she brings to everything that she does, and it's so magnetic. So I was really thrilled when she agreed to be a guest. In today's episode, we talk about the challenge of getting out of your own way and explore the concept of paradox, what it is to hold two seemingly opposite things as both true. This is something that Brene Brown explored in her wonderful interview with Barack Obama in her podcast, Unlocking Us, which I'll link to over in the show notes. Brown describes it as the incredibly rare ability to hold space and say both of these things can be true. The energy we create in that space is the birthplace of transformation. This is a concept that I have subconsciously long believed is vital to human connection and hopefully more harmony and conflict resolution. We also talk about the power of effective listening, and Anne truly is a master at it. If you listen carefully, you'll notice in the interview how much she acknowledges what I've said to her and validates it and how much as a result she elicits from me as an interviewer about what I really think. That's one of her superpowers, and she does it instinctively to open up true dialogue and find meaningful connection. I also have to apologise, as there is a bit of background noise in the audio at one point during our conversation. That's my son Jake cleaning up the kitchen and loading the dishwasher, and as I'm sure we can all relate to, one of the perils of lockdown and working from home with everybody under one roof – But if I know one thing, it's that if your teenagers are finally helping out with the household chores, my advice is don't get in their way, even if you're recording at the time. So with that, thanks so much for listening. And I do hope you enjoy this latest episode. So my guest today is Mm -hmm. Anne Roach. She's an accredited life coach specializing in one-to-one energy leadership coaching for men. Anne's had a diverse professional background. She was a defense attorney for the poor, a real estate agent. She owned a landscape business and wrote two romance novels. But she's always been a straight shooter, no-nonsense, cut-to-the-point kind person. She's found her calling in coaching, creating space for clients to cut through the noise and hear their inner wisdom is Anne's forte. And I first met Anne when we were both invited to join the coaching team on the Story Skills Workshop, which is this fabulous workshop crafted by the amazing writer and marketing genius, Bernadette Dua. Anne had completed the marketing seminar and I came to it via the Old MBA. And we both signed up to do the beta testing and just loved the workshop. So from the moment I started working alongside Anne, there was just this sense of complete admiration for the clarity and wisdom that she brought, not just to the students she was teaching, but the coach team as a whole. And I think it was that that made me decide I wanted to really formally pursue coaching as a new career. And I remember having a conversation with Anne and saying, you know, where did you go for your training? And she said, oh, I did IPEC. And I was thinking, I don't, I don't know what IPEC is, but I'll go and Google it. <laughs> and it turned out to be the Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching. And I have to say, it's just blown my mind The training has been amazing and the affinity with what I really want to do, which is to sort of help people get through those inner blocks and really peel back the layers and understand who they are underneath so that they can start to move forward towards what they really want from life and achieve their desired outcomes. It's just been amazing. So, we now come together whenever we have to be back on the same coaching team at the Story Skills. And I was so thrilled when Anne agreed to come on the podcast and share a (laughs) bit of her wisdom because she's really just such an amazing person to hang out with and listen to. So, Anne, tell us a bit about the work you do and how you came to be a life coach.
1: Thanks, Kat. First of all, ditto to everything you said from me to you. You're just the greatest. Very (laughs) kind. So, how did I come to coaching?
0: Yeah, how did you come to coaching? what What was it that sort of struck you as being, oh, this is where I'm going to go next with my life?
1: <laughs> well, I have to say, if anyone had said to me ten years ago, <laughs> you will be a life coach for men in California and living in California, I would have told them they were crazy. I can't I could never have imagined that I'd be doing this work. Wow. i uh, I was an attorney. I was a very type A, New England, New Yorker type <laughs> type attorney, defense attorney for the poor. Loved every minute of it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. And, you know, found purpose and um, pleasure in the work. And I did that for a long time. And then my children, my three children became teenagers. (laughs) Mm -hmm. My uh, husband, the love of my life and I started to be married for a long time, what felt like a long time for the first time. And my parents got older and everything in my life felt harder. And the work I did, the law work I did, the legal work I did, which I just adored, that part didn't feel hard. I love my clients, I love the work. But I was a public defender um, in a. I was a. I'm a private. I was a private attorney, but in, in Massachusetts, um, you can take public defense cases, and no one wants to. No one wants to pay you for that kind of work, and no one, uh, you know, no one wants to pay to support that kind of work. Uh, at least um, in this country, it's very yeah. hard to get that kind of funding. So the administrative aspect of my work became harder. Uh, you know, you had to account for every second. You know, you really, uh, you're really, people who are doing that work are doing it because it's purposeful. They're doing it From because the they're called to it. Yeah. yeah. They're really oh. called to it. They're not, no one's in it for the money. There is no money in public defense. Um, and so it became a drain on my energy to, to have to fight to keep doing that work. And so I started looking around in law for something else to do. I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to take private cases in that. And I really wanted that purpose to be uh, fulfilled. And I was talking to uh, my sister um, and she, she was asking for some advice on something and I was Talking her through something, and she said, just sort of offhandedly, God, you should get paid for all the advice you give. You should become a life coach.
0: <laughs> Gosh, that <laughs> sounds like from the outside. That's incredible. Yeah. And
1: I just, you know, she didn't know what that meant, and I didn't know what that meant. And it was so far from our vocabulary. It's just not how we were raised uh, to talk about our feelings and our emotions. And, um, but I was searching for something and I Googled it and there was a IPEC came up and it was in person and uh, online. And I, I like the in-person thing. I thought that sounded more serious mm. uh, and I'm such a serious person that I thought I had to fill that part of it. Uh, and I went um, to the first weekend, the guy who signed me up said, just, just go for the first weekend. If you don't like it, I'll return all of your money. If you like it, I want you to do the year program. And I went and that first weekend, I, I, I felt like I had been unzipped and all my insides came out <laughs> and my heart was the only thing left. And it was so clear and so strong. And I thought, I can't shove all that stuff back in there and zip it back up. I can't unsee what I saw, That's amazing. and so again, I, I you know, I went in thinking to that to that weekend thinking or or I left that weekend thinking, okay, there's something here I have to explore for myself. I never never expected to leave law and pursue life coaching, but the program, as you know, is a year long, mm-hmm. and at the end of that year, it was such a transformation for me, everything in my life became joyful. So even though, you know, my parents still were aging and I was still married and I still had my three kids and my three teenagers, every part of that became joyful and lighter and clearer and more fun. And I was more connected to all of it. Mm -hmm. And it just changed everything in my life. And I thought at the end of that year, I thought I have to do this for other people. And the people that I really connected to in as in my journey were other, other people like me who were facing a lot of the same challenges. So I um, say that I, I focus on men. Mm-hmm. My clientele, to be honest, is, uh, is about 50-50, But I, I find a
0: niche somewhere.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was it was interesting, because the P the women that come to me are are very much like me, um, you know, very Type A, very no nonsense. Uh, mm. You know, it's an energy I really respond to. But I didn't have a lot of the same issues in my midlife as a lot of the other women I I knew. I I had no problem letting my kids go off into the world. I was thrilled to to push them out the door. <laughs> I didn't have that, you know, empty nesting uh, worry. I knew I I was filled with ambition, and I felt panicked that at my midlife, I wasn't going to be able to, those opportunities weren't going to be open to me and that my opportunities and choices were narrowing. And mm-hmm. I felt I that resonated with a lot of the men in my profession, a lot of the men that I was meeting in mm-hmm. um, in coaching and in life, really that sense of identity, who am I if I am not an attorney, if I am not yeah. this high achieving that very, I, I mean, I guess I call it male-dominated cultural expectation. That's what I resonated with. And I realized, of course, in my coaching that my opportunities were not narrowing. They were expanding. I just wasn't looking
0: absolutely, absolutely.
1: At, the same, at the right thing. You know, I, I was looking like, you know, like a tunnel. I was looking at a tunnel. And as soon as those walls came down, I realized there were opportunities abound.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, precisely. I, I I don't know a single <laughs> a single person who who doesn't benefit from just having somebody. I had a question the other day, can you coach yourself in the same way as um mm. you know can you tickle yourself? And yeah. I I really don't think you can. I you know, even yeah. if you're a coach, you still need somebody to reflect back to you what Absolutely. it is you're doing or not doing that's kind of in alignment absolutely. with who you are. It's uh...
1: absolutely, Cat. And that's a, it brings up such a great point because so often the thing that my clients need the most is the space to hear themselves. Mm. We don't
0: give ourselves that time, that space. No, and and certainly not to have it reflected back to us. So my one of my big things is how often when I said I was going to be signing up for this accreditation as a coach, several people said to me, I thought you've been a coach for years. <laughs> <Are> <laughs> I, you did already too. Coach? I thought you
1: had, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But I was
0: like, no, I need the badge. I need the shiny badge. But actually it's not about that. It's about the fact that I have, I've learned so much in the, it, it, just in the short time I've been training already. I'm so glad that I didn't think, oh, I've, I'm, I'm a coach already. I can do this. I think what it gives you is just more and more and more tools in your toolbox that you can just go, yes, I know I can help you shift and and just really go and find that joy. That's yeah. that's the essence of what it's all about for me. I mean, when people are going through transition and and that midlife bit is really transitional, it's very easy to lose track of where, yeah, where's the North Star? Where's, where are you going to find happiness yeah. and contentment? So one of the things that I've asked people to come on the podcast to do is to tell a few stories just because I really think stories connect. And I mean, you've just told a beautiful story. I think that's just amazing. <laughs> but I always find that there's a sort of, for me, a currency around kindness. I don't know, it's, it's kind of a value of mine that this has also been really just uncovering that and realizing whenever I'm acting in that, zone, then yeah, I feel it in my heart and I feel much more fulfilled. And and it sounds like that was very similar to you with the work for, you know, as an attorney, it's like this is where I want to be because I know I'm having the most impact, where a lot of people would just say, I'm going to go after the money over here. So tell me about the the act of simple kindness that you you wanted to share as a story.
1: Okay. So well first of all I have to say, and by the way, Kat, when you were introducing me, you said kind person. And and that is your word I said kind of person it's so you that you would put that there and I love I love you for it <laughs> that's a weird clear, thing it's clear that something. kind is important to you
0: <laughs> it really is it's up there whenever I get into that mode of just just what, what would you do if you were being kind? What's the kindest way you can approach yeah, so this? Nice. I find the answer. I find the answer. Well, you are one of
1: the kindest people I know. And I was honored to be called kind by you. So thank
0: you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really that kind. I'm a monster. But anyway, <laughs> that's my alter ego.
1: <laughs> uh, mine's not even the alter. It's just right se- dead center. <laughs>
0: just move away from judgment and be fine. Yeah. will be fine.
1: <laughs> I know. I mean, God, if I could get to a place where I don't have to remind myself of that, it'd be amazing. <laughs> but so I was thinking about, I mean, I have to say my entire life, people have been kind to me. I have lived such a life of privilege in mm. that people have done so many kind things for me. And, and I certainly haven't shown up in a way that I would have expected anyone to be kind. I was so oblivious to kindness for so long i didn't i didn't know it i didn't recognize it i didn't know what that meant i didn't understand what a gift it was yeah. i didn't realize how empowering it would be to be kind kindness was elusive <laughs> to me for me not towards me it was incredible people have been incredibly kind to me my whole life but i didn't understand how to embody that and give that out for a very, very long, embarrassingly long time.
0: (laughs) I I honestly think I, you know, that's the same for me. It's just, I've realized when you, when you align yourself, there's a sort of value that that, that's part of that peeling back to the me. And Mm. when you really act on your own values and I probably wasn't. That's, that's why now I sort of wear it like a sort of big banner Mm. saying, just do this, do this. It's really, it works. It works. Anyway, I'll get back to you.
1: Well, that's interesting about the values because sometimes, and I think this is part of what we do for our clients, finding your values, recognizing what those are, hearing them Mm. and, and digging down underneath all the crap to get to them (laughs) is, is, can be hard, hard work. But when you, when I saw that, you know, when I think about an act of kindness and I I certainly thinking about it in terms of coaching, I remember, and again, this is embarrassing because I was in my twenties, early twenties, but I had moved out to California after college. I was applying to law schools and I, I, I didn't I couldn't be at home (laughs) for uh, any length of time. And so I just, I moved out to San Francisco. I thought, you know, how hard can that be? And I, and I did it. And a friend of my brother's, uh, my older brother's lived out here. She was about five years older than I, I am. And um, she, she was beautiful and cool and interesting. And I, I totally looked up to her and she was very generous. She showed me around and took me out a few times and she would call me and she would ask me questions. And as I said, as I said you know, I'm my favorite subject. I, I thought it was the most interesting, my whole life I thought I was the most interesting person <laughs> I've ever met. <laughs> and I just was so, of course she'd ask me questions. I had so many interesting things to say. And this went on for an embarrassingly long time. And I don't know what finally woke me up. I think maybe somebody told I think maybe my I was talking to my brother and he was telling me something that was fascinating about her that I had not even thought to ask her, it never occurred mm-hmm. to me to ask her any questions. And I thought, my God, I didn't know that about her. I didn't know that about her because I, I'm not asking her any questions. And I realized then that what she was doing was being kind. She was genuinely curious, which is what helped. Yeah, <laughs> She was yeah. genuinely curious, but I realized, my God, if somebody this interesting can be genu- genuinely curious about me, and I'm actually not that interesting. I just think yeah. I am. How amazing is that? And what might that be like to do that to somebody else? Because she made me feel seen and valued, and it was such a a gift. And I didn't realize what she was doing until that light bulb went on. And I remember going to, I don't know, it was a gathering at a friend of a friend's house or something like that. And I tried it on this other person, this total stranger. I asked her questions and I was genuinely curious and she just blossomed. And I thought, oh my God, this is addictive. It's so exciting to to, to discover somebody else by being genuinely curious about them. And it's so fun to watch them come alive. Absolutely. And I, I'm, I don't know if you've ever heard of Studs Terkel. Um, he's a writer, an American writer. And he would find the extraordinary in the ordinary. He would interview ordinary people and find the extraordinary. And I've always loved Studs Terkel. And it was the way he would talk to people, the way he would unearth people and it was all about setting his ego aside that in combination of, with this experience of this woman who who did that with me it made me realize you know it planted that seed yeah. that that everyone is interesting everyone is extraordinary if you know the right questions to ask if you actually ask the questions and shut up
0: yeah and then yeah the the art of listening how good is that yeah but this is such a gift of a story Anne because this is essentially you know through a process of what am I going to do a podcast about I know it's about everybody has a voice and everybody has a contribution to make and what do we do in the works in the workshops we we literally hold space and go that's amazing what you just did is incredible. And people, people physically rise up in their seats when you see yes. it. Yes. Yeah. That's the, that's the feeling. I just want, yeah, I, I want to do more of that. That's what I was sort so of. Oh, exciting. Yeah. So what a gift of a story. That's exactly <laughs> what we're talking about. Just how, <laughs> how easy it is. You know, this doesn't cost you any money just to really, even in a conversation, yeah. flip it around from it being about me and what I'm going to say next and to just yeah. listening and holding space. Fabulous. Fabulous. Well, after that gift, I'm now intrigued about you know, what you're <laughs> going to say to me. Cause I, the reason I ask people about a challenge is because I think that's when for most people, they don't give themselves credit for their own inner wisdom, their own resilience, their own capacity to, you know, they'll look at other people and go, well, I could never do that. And then actually when you get them to dig in, they think, well, you did, you did this amazing thing and you overcame that and look at all the hurdles you've had to jump. And so it's, it's another way of just helping people realize that we all have challenges and we often don't acknowledge how, how much our challenges have built Mm -hmm. us up to be the incredible humans we are. Hmm. So tell me about your challenge.
1: Well, this is a hard one for me because, you know, again, I've had such a privileged life. Challenge is a a big word. I, You know, I've had challenges as a parent. Mm. I've had challenges as a wife. I've had challenges as a daughter and a sister and a friend. But honestly, the biggest challenge for me always, always is myself, is getting in my own way. I'm actually not one of those people that think I can't do something. I I don't think there's anything I can't do.
0: (laughs) And, And yeah, your testimony to that. I mean...
1: Okay, see me. It amazing. never occurs to me that I can't do something. I'm just such an asshole. I really, <laughs> excuse me. I just, I just that's not true. <laughs> well, but I mean that, and that is, and that is also. I mean, I, I was. I always say I was born with balls. I don't know where they came from. I don't know why I had them. And I, and for sure, you know, a life of privilege there has been a lot in my life that has allowed me to continue in that thinking. So, you know, I want to be very (laughs) conscious of that. Um, It's, it's not something unique to me or that I have this special gift. It's, you know, there's a lot that's been in my life that I've been I've allowed to just go on this path as, as if, but I, I would say for sure, the biggest challenge I have is getting out of my own way. And, and, you know, exactly what you said about the listening, this, this goes too much, the talking, you know, you know, I I talk too much, I I don't listen enough, or I think I have all the answers. I will say as a coach, my biggest challenge is to not solve my client's problems. That's so I remember, right? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Because I'm there going, this is all you need to do. I knew I probably need to do it too. But can't you see that?
1: (laughs) Right. The thing I'm solving is the is the problem I'm having in that moment, right? And and the the best thing, you know, I remember the the first time I was uh, coaching somebody, and I didn't know what to say. It was the first time in a coaching session. I was like, oh, I I got nothing. I got nothing. Mm-hmm. I'm stumped. I don't know what to do here. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't. I can't you know, I'm an attorney. I can talk my way in or out of anything. You can, (laughs) that is give me that challenge and I will pick it up and run with it. I I had nothing. And I was really, I don't know if I was really, I was really silent, which is never something I'm comfortable with. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I had, you know, learning to be silent. Like now silence is my greatest tool as a coach. Although I will give my clients a heads up on that because it's not always comfortable for people. But I don't know if it was that I was very silent for a long time, or if, I, or if I was really transparent, because now I do both. And I said, I got nothing here. What do you think? And to my amazement, my client said something that in a million, if you give me 10 years, I wouldn't have been able to have come up with that. And I was like, oh, well, that's genius. Because of course, they were listening to themselves. They were hearing their own wisdom. It wasn't about me. It wasn't about my wisdom. It wasn't about my answers.
0: Yeah. You're and just so, giving permission for them to say, yeah, for something to come to the surface. You're just yeah. holding that space. Incredible. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. And it's so, <laughs> it's so true. And I just wish that, that there were, a, yeah, more people in the world doing this work because I really think helping people trust themselves that they yeah. have the answers
1: yeah.
0: is, is essentially what we're doing. Which is- and like
1: you said, Kat, giving people permission. Mm. to to own to own their solution yeah it's yeah am, it's amazing how
0: much that comes up and that's so empowering because at that point once you've yeah if it's your idea of course you're going to get on and do it you know that's yeah there's the motivation straight away but yeah that's just amazing <laughs> and it's, it does it's 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 really i think for for anyone listening it's it's actually that's what we're talking about just trust yourself sometimes just sitting sitting and really contemplating and then listening to that it's not always in your head that you get the answer it's it's in your gut yeah. feels
1: well you know and what you've just said trust yourself that that's been a hard one for me my husband has always been is just a solid solid person he's always known who he is as have i he always says i have pretty good that he has pretty good instincts and i I always I don't know if my instincts are good because I'm up here all the time. Mm. It wasn't until I went through coaching that I realized, you know, I had to turn my head down and turn my heart up. I didn't know those were two separate things. I, you know, that's, that's something I would have just been so skeptical of, but when Mm. I was able to tune into my heart or my soul or my inner wisdom or whatever it is you want to call that once I was able to turn down the noise In my head, which is really my ego. Once I was able to turn down my ego and turn up my inner self, that's you know that place I can trust. But I I can only do it if I stop talking.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so true. So well, that's the same for everybody, though, isn't it? You know, even. Yeah. I think that's the power of meditation. That's when you find, yeah, really to trust yourself. Amazing. Amazing. I can't think of a good segue, but I'm going to say we were talking about (laughs) tuning in and yeah, as you know, my my final, my final story is always around partly because I love Desert Island Discs. I don't know if you listen to this podcast where people get to choose eight tracks that they would take away Mm. to a desert island.
1: Oh, nice.
0: So it's been going since the '50s. It's a it's an iconic thing in the in the UK. You know, most people have their own list of their desert island discs mm. they take away with them. So I'm just bringing a little bit of that spirit into this podcast and asking people to share one piece of music that you know has a story mm. it that means something to them.
1: Well, if I were on a desert island, I'd probably bring classical music, but. But the, the song that is just on a constant loop for me right now um, that I'm just really tuned into right now is Lockdown by Anderson Pock. I love all of Anderson Park's wow. uh, music. I'm just sort of obsessed and I listen to it constantly. But Lockdown is, have you heard, have you heard that no, song? No, no. It's such a great song. It's such a great song. He's a brilliant artist. But he, it's catchy. It's got a great beat. It's got amazing lyrics, but it's a protest song. It's a protest song. It's about, wow. uh, it's just a brilliant song. It's about the murder of George Floyd and protesting the way Black people have been treated in this country. And, and in the midst of a epi- uh, pandemic, Corona yeah. uh, mm. pandemic, you know, there's a, there's a great line, you know, is Corona still a thing? You know, that there are deeper, wider, bigger issues okay. in this country. And I love this song because I love that duality. I love that duality. I, and this is what I, I think exists so plainly all the time, but I'm that I'm so in tune to right now, which is that opposing things can exist at the same time. There is, mm-hmm. you know, there can be joy and pain at the same time. This song is an embodiment of that. It's, I have it on all the time. I'm singing to it. I'm singing a, a protest song. I'm singing, I mean, like, first of all, the genius of Anderson Park. That he has an upper class white woman in an incredibly privileged area of California singing about an existence of which she is not having to, you know, pick up and carry every day is brilliant. That's just brilliant. You know, Sam Cooke's time is uh, changes is, is going to come. I mean, like protest music is, is uh, you know, a brilliant way to bring a message. Music and protest is not a new thing. It's a brilliant way. It's it's a great reminder that there's more than one way to send a message. There's more than one way to talk about a hard thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, and I, I love that. And I I do, I love that there is, I was talking to my son about this last night. I was talking, I said the word play. I said, I love that there can be play in serious subjects. Yeah. And and we talked about what the definition of play means because i don't mean it as a irreverent thing i don't mean it as a, a lightness
0: i mean it as it's incredible though. it's incredible i can't it, wait it's to it's listen to it it's so good
1: it. like you know all all that we do in coaching is shift a perspective and if someone who you know someone the subject of black lives matter black lives matter they more than matter i you know that that's hard subject for anybody is beyond me and for somebody who who this conversation about racial inequality is a hard subject for them, that they could understand something because they heard Anderson Pock's lockdown, In a way that they couldn't understand it if they were just watching the news or they were just reading an article or they were just hearing one perspective of it that, you know, they just thought, I can't, I can't, I don't understand it. I don't, this is too hard for me. This is too triggering for me or whatever that sensitivity to the subject is. The song lockdown, Anderson Poggs lockdown shifts the perspective, shifts the message in a way that somebody else may be able to come to it differently. Absolutely. And I love that. I love that um, he's done that. And I love that it's it's just a great reminder that in our coaching, that is what we're helping people do. Open their eyes to something that's right in front of them that they have been trying to walk around and ignore and avoid for a long time. It's right in front of them. And actually walking through it is so much less painful than walking around it. Yeah. And you know, if you can get somebody there through music or through a different genre, it's it's brilliant. So
0: oh I can't yeah. wait to listen to it. And it's such a good song. I think I explained that uh, we're gonna be making a, a playlist to go alongside each season. Yeah. So yeah, that's just such a an amazing and such a you know topical current song to have to have as part of the playlist. It really does bring the podcast into the moment because I think we're in such a apocryphal time at the moment you know there's just Mm -hmm. a pandemic going on and George Floyd just blew things open especially in the states I mean it's just been an incredible year for just shaking things up and saying the status quo is not working. So we need to bring. bring
1: Yeah. And, and one, and the other reason I love this song is that it continues the conversation. There is such a temptation to say, okay, we've talked about that, you know, for, for whom, you know, for people from this is challenging. We have talked about that. Let's now put that over there. But that song is a great song. It's going to be played. As I say, I'm listening to it all the time. I want to stay in this conversation. I want to stay in this place of discomfort and stretch. And I love being able to do it while dancing.
0: Yeah, that's the play bit, isn't it? That's the It's another way of approaching a really difficult conversation that has to be had that we shouldn't be avoiding. Fabulous. Thank you. So just to wrap up, we're asking, you know, I've got this treasure chest. I just want to have this kind of place where there's all this innate wisdom that we all bring to the table and I kind of frame it as a a piece of wisdom that you want to share with other people or maybe just share with a younger version of yourself. So what would your, your pearl of wisdom be?
1: Yeah. So, you know, if I had known anything differently when I was younger, I probably wouldn't have figured any of this out now. And I'm having so much fun. I, I wouldn't want to deprive myself of that. (laughs) Um, But I will say, and it's and it's the thing. It's it's the thing I have to remind myself constantly, and it's the thing that I help my clients uh, with as well. Which is, and forgive the the swearing, but walking around your shit, (laughs) avoiding your shit, (laughs) is so much more exhausting and time consuming than walking through it. Mm -hmm. And you know, as soon as you realize that that's what you're doing, as soon as you realize that you're trying to, you know. Climb over it, walk around it, walk—you know—run away from it. Just not Um, treading it. (laughs) Yeah. As soon as you take that step forward, you're already on your path through it, and it's all that weight falls off because then you're actually looking at the thing. I had this moment of clarity when I was shifting between um, careers, when I was going to the coaching. It might have actually been just before I went through the IPEC coaching program where I had felt like there was this wall in front of me and it was just a huge huge wall and I didn't know how to get around it I didn't I couldn't see on the other side of it. it was too big to scale I didn't know how to get around it and I realized that just by shifting my perspective just a little bit it was just a series of steps you know when I was looking at it straight on it looked like a big wall but looking at it slightly differently it was just a series of steps and I thought well, I can take a step and then I can take another step and I can take another step. And I realized it wasn't this insurmountable wall. It was just a step and it, you know, it made everything impossible possible again. So I guess Mm -hmm. that's my pearl of wisdom.
0: (laughs) Oh, and it's such a fabulous one. Yeah, it's walk (laughs) through it or climb step by step up that mountain. You know, it's not, it's not insurmountable. It's actually
1: not a mountain. It's actually not a mountain. That's just the thing in your head that the pain is, is the trying to avoid it. It's not actually in dealing with it. As soon as you're dealing with it, you're, you're through it. It's behind you. As soon as you're dealing with it, you know, it's, it's part of it's behind you. So, you know, it's, it's the pain of it is, is the looking at it and the avoiding it and the trying to work your way around it. That is so much more time and energy than you need to spend. <laughs>
0: just incredible thank you so much Anne this is everything and more oh, um, you're the best, I'm still Anne. new to this interviewing but it's yes <laughs> that was just a gift so you're the best for being such a generous guest and for sharing so much wisdom and I really look forward to engaging with you in the future story skills workshops thanks it's a lot it's
1: my my pleasure I love everything about you so you're just the best
0: <laughs> thanks so much